Texas Business Minds, a presentation of the Texas Business Journals, brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. In this episode, Austin Business Journal Managing Editor Will Anderson zeroes in on the red-hot Austin housing market with Vika O'Grady. Regional Director for Zonda Home, which provides real-time housing data to a diverse audience of home builders, developers, lenders, and other housing-related partners. Vika, thank you so much for joining me, and I'm really happy to have you here because we're on this crazy ride right now called the Austin uh, housing market. It was a tight market even before everyone and their mother wanted to move here, so we'll talk about that in a bit. First, I wanted to uh, to go over Zonda and what you guys do there. Could you give us an explanation of um, your day-to-day? I'd be glad to, Will. Thanks for having me today. Uh, so Zonda is the iteration of a couple of companies that joined forces a couple of years ago. One of them is Metro Study, which is a company I started with about five years ago. Metro Study was actually founded in Texas, and what Metro Study does is it does a survey of all of the housing activity in over 40 markets. And we do that with an observational survey. We send people out to the field and we count what's on the ground. We count lots on the ground. We count houses that have started, houses that have closed or appear to have closed, houses that look like they're finished, but they're not moved into, which is a key metric for looking at the housing market. And then we also track all the future lot development activity. Yeah, I love it. You guys are actually on the ground everywhere. You're doing uh, some uh, shoe leather reporting, basically. Going out That's running. exactly right. That's exactly right. Now, Zonda well, it used to be our competitor, and Zonda had a different platform. What they did is they tracked sales contracts by home builders, hmm. and they tracked pricing and quick move-in inventory or spec inventory. And so when the, the companies joined forces a couple of years ago, we can now see soup to nuts, supply and demand of the housing market. Ah, gotcha. And you've been involved in residential real estate in Central Texas for a while, right? Even before Metro Study, that that was your that was your thing. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of people, I fell into home building out of college. I was living in Maryland and worked for the Home Builders Association, okay. and promptly was hired away by a large home builder. Spent some time on the building side, and then moved to the development side. I worked for Newland Communities for seventeen years, right. and so- here here in Austin, they're one of the top developers. And uh, now my clients are builders and developers. So I, I have the fortune of being able to see from uh, the beginning to the end of the process. At Zonda, you guys produce, and, and I mean Zonda and through Metro Study, you produce these, as you said, very um, widely read, widely shared stats about the housing market. And I've always played close attention because of its macroeconomic ramifications. And am I right? You guys are about to release fourth quarter, full year 2020 stats. Yes, that's right, Will. We have preliminary numbers now for fourth quarter from our survey, and uh, things are no surprise. We're looking at some record numbers. Yeah, record starts, record closings. Can you go into any of that? Absolutely. Again, a little bit of preliminary here, but it looks like we're going to be above 21,000 starts, new home starts this year. That is a record for us. Uh, Year over year, we're up at about 13%. And uh, just to give you some perspective, before the Great Recession and and six, seven, eight, our peak was 18,400. So we're now 3,000 units more than we did at our previous peak. And that's happened in closings as well. And, you know, I mentioned 21,000 starts. Well, 21,000 closings, that means that virtually everything that's getting started is being purchased. (laughs) 
<laughs> so we don't have any hangover of inventory. In fact, that's probably one of the biggest stories is the lack of inventory on the ground here in oh. Austin. Okay, let's drive straight into that because Austin Board of Realtors also just came out today. We're recording this on uh, Thursday, Jan 21. They, they had their new stats for the overall housing market, which to my understanding includes new builds. I think they include those now. But um, yep. Okay, so they're looking at that whole market includes resale, but obviously they play off each other. Total inventory was 0.6 months in December, it, which it, it's unheard of. Right. To be below a month for the whole metro, I mean, it's much worse even in certain hot parts of town where there's basically zero inventory. Yeah. Yeah. And we've never seen numbers like that, Will. You know, 0.6 months, just just to address the new versus resale, MLS only captures new homes that are actually put in the MLS system. So they don't have a full picture of the new home market. Okay. So gotcha. it skews toward more resale. But 0.6 has never been heard of before. And then when we look at new home inventory, we're only a month month and a half worth of inventory on the new home side. So there's virtually nothing to buy in Austin right now. So on the ground, it results in these crazy situations where I was actually, my family was looking for a house recently and we did go under contract uh, up in Leander actually, but you know, between us basically taking the house off the market and uh, four days later signing the purchase agreement, the price went up $6,000, you know? And I hear that builders are auctioning off lots in places so actually, you know, competing to buy a new home that's maybe not even in the ground or is definitely not in the ground. It's the lot's being auctioned. It's so these yeah. these there's ramifications for um, for anyone looking for a house right now. It's extremely difficult. It is extremely difficult and, and not sustainable, frankly. I have builder clients who are telling me I keep raising the price so I can slow down the sales pace. Yeah. And the reason they want to do that is they can't build them fast enough. And then they can't actually get the homes that they've sold started. So they're raising prices in an effort to kind of moderate the sales pace, and it's not working. <laughs> you know, people are still buying. So it's it's really um, unheard of. Uh, every builder I talk to has never seen a market like it is here in Austin. It's interesting because, as you said earlier about Zonda and Metro Study coming together, and now you have this very big picture look in many markets. I know housing is a hot commodity in many places, especially away from the coasts. People are realizing they can relocate, maybe get more space, um, newer amenities, and don't have to be in a maybe a San Francisco or New York to work for that hot company anymore. But how does is any market similar in Austin to its constraints right now? And, and are we unique in that? I think Austin is probably in the tightest situation or among the tightest. But we do hear of lack of supply in other markets as well, especially Dallas, also San Antonio. Houston's in a little bit better shape in terms of housing supply but their economy is not as strong as well. They've been impacted by the oil business for sure. Um, But across the country, you know, we're just not building enough homes generally to meet demand. And, uh, you know, the other part of that is we're also not building enough lots. (laughs) There aren't enough lots on the ground to put new homes on the ground. It's going to be tough to dig out of that situation. You've got to have kind of those, I mean, the the first step in the process is the lots, getting those uh, entitled, I guess, and and prepared Mm -hmm. for construction. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, California is notoriously tough to entitle land and build lots on. And Austin has has been historically fairly easy. Um, Austin has the area, although the city of Austin is, is more difficult. But the what we're finding is that the length of time it takes to get a government approval on a housing community has stretched. And there are probably a few reasons for that, one of which is the pandemic and 
people trying to work from home and maybe not being as efficient. But it's taking longer to put lots on the ground and in development time is money. And so when it costs the builder more money to buy the land, house prices go up as well. Yep. I, I, so I heard from some folks in um, Leander when we were doing our Williamson County Growth Summit last year who, to that first point, they decided, you know, they can do a lot of things purely online and then they're going to keep it that way even after the pandemic. So going through, um, you know, they're trying to deploy different strategies to go completely online with, with things like maybe lot, lot approvals and entitlements, but mm-hmm. still a process, like you said, and, and everything's been disrupted by the pandemic. So that adds time, which is money. But as you alluded to, historically, Austin, Central Texas, this this area has been easier to build housing and we're not landlocked. We can spread out a little bit. So with basically all the new housing inventory being bought up, what relief is on the horizon? What's the answer to that question you just poised? Can we build more? Is that, you know, is it is it just a matter of getting more lots and, and how, how do we get there? Yeah, it's unfortunately the answer so far has been go further out. Mm-hmm. and um, build smaller homes on smaller lots. And so during this these most recent years, we've seen Austin home builders going into areas like Elgin, like Taylor, like Marble Falls, where a commute into downtown Austin isn't really doable for a lot of people. In that regard, maybe the pandemic helps those locations get some more housing supply yep. because people don't necessarily need to commute. But ultimately, it's going to contribute to our traffic issues, right? If you're living that far out and you've got to go anywhere for for working. And and unfortunately, that's been the solution so far. We have not, as a city, done a great job finding ways to add density closer in. And density is the way you get to lower prices. Great point. It's, um, yeah, what's happening now in the housing market, it has long-term ramifications for for city planners, for Mm -hmm. folks that are in commercial real estate. I think about the way that a train line is now being, well, it's far out, but you know, in the capital Metro long-term plan, there's plans for this green line that would sketch up through kind of that major Elgin direction. And that's because of all this housing demand that that's being um, anticipated in these kind of open areas where land is cheaper in the near term. It does feel like the market's so tight, it's a difficult position and there's not a lot of answers in, in the, in the short term. Yeah, and, you know, especially when you consider that housing is a driver of the economy. I mean, it's been some of the strongest that's happened during this pandemic. I know there's a multiplier of jobs that are associated with housing. And, you know, if, it, if housing stops, then that fuel goes away, right? And, and that's a concern. I mean, I've, I've spoken with builders recently who said, you know, I have nothing to sell until May, well, you know, unfortunately, that doesn't keep a, a business alive and it doesn't keep the folks that are depending on that business alive right. either. There was a brief pause in home construction uh, last year during kind of the start of this pandemic when everyone was still feeling it out and thinking about what was safe. But um, but now, of course, you know, but construction mostly continuing, it seems like, where masks can be be outside for a, a, for a large part of being on a construction site. And we've heard, you know, all sorts of interesting solutions about how workers scan QR codes when they show up with their phones or, or take, Mm -hmm. um, you know, answer questions about uh, whether they have any symptoms of COVID. So builders are trying to adapt there, but, um, but, but is it right that building is kind of resumed to that? Like the the activity is there. It's just, there's literally not, not the lots and not, not the land. That's right. That's right. It um, starts paces up as we've talked about, but homes are taking longer to put on the ground. There are some challenges with getting supplies like appliances, and also, we see some challenges with labor. 
you know, we were in a very, very tight labor situation before the pandemic at, you know, two to 4% unemployment. Well, now we're only around six. It was already hard to find construction workers. In a lot of cases, the average construction worker is getting quite a bit older and people aren't going into that field like they were. And so finding people to actually build the houses has been a challenge as well. Not only do you guys get these great stats on the housing starts and, and more, but um, but you also do a builder survey every month or periodically. I do one twice a year with builders and twice a year with developers. Okay, so you're you're getting like actual feedback or you know comments from these developers, builders, people putting houses in the ground. So what what are you hearing directly from them as far as the situation and what they're maybe how they're trying to adapt or or you know what kind of examples can you give of how builders are making it work? You know, I would say that generally you hear it's the best of times and it's the worst of times. Never sold as many houses as they've sold today and they've never had as many headaches trying to uh, purchase lots and then get the houses on the ground. So, you know, as fortunate a situation as we're in, in terms of a record housing market, there are all kinds of challenging implications with that. Yeah. And maybe you could offer, do you have any advice for builders or, or even, you know, the the buyers out there looking like what's uh, how do you make the most of that kind of situation? You know, I'd say wait it out, but the yeah. challenge is that I don't see any demand starting to go away or diminish in any time in the near future. You know, people continue to move here. Our migration has been tops in the country for several years now. People moving into Texas and Austin in particular, I think that trend's going to continue. And we don't see mortgage rates going up anytime soon. So on the plus side, people who, who can get together the down payment, and we've got a great, strong millennial representation in Austin, many of whom are ready to buy their first house or buy their first family-sized house, are able to make the move because of the low interest rates. They just need to be prepared to move further out. And just keep that in mind that you're, you might not be able to get everything you want closer in town in Austin. There's one other thing that's on my mind here, Will, and this is sort of a segue, but I am noticing uh, more investor activity in Austin as well. Okay. So unfortunately, some of those home buyers are competing against investors who are buying, you know, one, two, three houses, or maybe 10. And that makes it more difficult for people to enter the market. So I guess I would encourage patience. uh, But I think you have to patience is in the sort of five year window. I don't think it's a two to three year window. Yeah, but just taking it with a, um, yes, the market is um, very constricted and tight, but but taking that longer view. Of course, if you, you're right, if you can buy a house with, I mean, savings are up across the country, mortgage rates are so low, pe- people are going to buy houses. But to your point, it's a cyclical market. It can't just climb at breakneck forever. Yeah. So be cognizant that, that um, those crazy month-to-month price increases, you know, week-to-week price increases that we're seeing won't, won't be won't be forever at least no i don't think so i mean at some point demand will soften and builders will you know will will have to make some reductions in in their pricing but that point's not today vika o'grady joining austin business journal managing editor will anderson in our next segment o'grady addresses why rising prices haven't put the brakes on the bidding wars when texas business minds continues I'm Rich Kurgasco, President and CEO of Texas Mutual Insurance Company. To everyone who has been hard at work providing the things we need during this crisis, we say thank you. You truly are essential and we're proud to be on the job with you. More at TexasMutual.com slash on the job. 
Continuing our conversation on Texas Business Minds, as Austin Business Journal Managing Editor Will Anderson is joined by Zonda Home Regional Director Vika O'Grady. So, Vika, when you see houses going up by, um, again, this is the resale market, but I hear from realtors that, you know, houses might sell for $100,000 over the asking price, right? With with Mm -hmm. dozens of bids in 24 hours. When you see that price activity, uh, you kind of spoke to it earlier, but builders are raising prices because from that macroeconomic level, that is supposed to, uh, you know, that'll decrease demand, right? Like there's some point where, where demand will come down, but if it's, uh, a lot of people are relocating to Austin and maybe bring, you know, California salaries and they're looking mm-hmm. for, or, they're, you know, they're used to a million dollar median home price in San Francisco and they, they see 400,000 or something here and, and they're uh, giddy. How does that factor into what's happening in, in the new housing market? Oh, definitely. We haven't hit the price ceiling yet. I mean, we're no, it doesn't appear like we're anywhere near a price ceiling because it's not only the bidding wars that are happening on the resale side, but they're happening on the new home side. And uh, a lot of that is people coming from outside of the area who have average incomes or the wherewithal to be able to purchase at the higher end, right? Or purchase two or three homes, right? Maybe purchase one for themselves and one for their kid who's graduating from college. (laughs) You know, that stuff is fueling the market for sure. Um, Unfortunately, the local Austinite who is used to, you know, being able to find a reasonable house at, um, at an income let's say a $100,000 household income, you know, trying to find that $300,000 house or $350,000 house is not that easy anymore, especially in town. Great point. And as you said, bidding wards, even in the new home market. So I think people mm-hmm. understand the idea that yes, you might have to come in overbid on, on a resale in a hot market like this, but um, it surprised me to hear that lots were being auctioned and I'm not, you know, an expert. Is that, is that common in, in new builds? Mm, I wouldn't say it's common. No, you know, and I haven't heard of lots being auctioned off, but it wouldn't surprise me that a developer is going to take advantage of the offers that they're given. Auction may imply that, you know, you're trying to get rid of lots and that's not the case. I've actually spoken to to developers who say, I'm not going to sell this land yet because if I wait six months, it'll be worth more. Right. So, and you know, their jobs are to sell lots. So that feels really odd to me. But uh, the economics right now just point to continued escalation. Yeah, because again, I'm thinking from a from a, a buyer point of view, right? Like when when I when we put down money on a house, but it's it's is it the same thing on the supply side where looking to buy land that the price just keeps climbing there too. So if you're a developer and you're looking to buy land, well, if you wait too long, prices are gonna, you know, that price you see today might be might be way higher next time you're you're looking that area. For sure. It all starts with the cost of raw land. And um, there are those who are going to take advantage of this. And there are those gonna, who are going to sit on the sidelines and time it out and get the most they can for their land because we're not making any more of it. Right. So um, it starts with raw land and then you get the additional cost of entitlement and approvals and permitting and then the development costs. And, you know, I, I speak sometimes with realtors who say, well, how can builders raise prices? They're just trying to gouge us. And the reality is all of the costs are going up. Yes, a builder needs to make a profit, but all the costs are going up as well. Oh, yeah. It's pretty straightforward how those, um, I mean, it, it's kind of itemized, right? But, but mm-hmm. as you kind of take off from, from land yeah. to permitting, like you, it's X plus Y equals Z. And eventually that, you know, with those X's and Y's going up, the Z's got to move too. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I think I see, if I, if I might, is um, the single family for rent 
market in Austin is poised to take off. There's some activity now, but I expect that to grow. And part of the reason that I expect it to grow is because of the lack of supply of, of single family homes. So if you want to live in a single family home environment, perhaps you don't have the down payment money. Or perhaps you just can't find a single family home in the school district where you want to live. If you have a single family home that you can rent, that feels a lot closer than to what your your dream would be than staying in an apartment. Great point. I wasn't thinking about single family for rent. I just saw our colleagues in um, Dallas Business Journal writing about David Weekly, which is a big, big builder mm-hmm. and, uh, and has communities here. Um, they just launched a single family uh, rental home play. Yep. That's happening with a lot of the larger builders. They realize that they can sell 50 or 100 homes, you know, to one entity yeah. versus selling to 50 to 100 different home buyers, <laughs> right? Yeah. And they get, so they get, and they can design the homes to be able to be built quickly and efficiently. And uh, they've got a waiting audience. So those folks who move to Austin who can't find the perfect house, well, they'll rent for a single, a single family house for a year. And especially this is family home buyers, right? Who, who won't be comfortable in an apartment scenario. Yeah, great point. And it must be, um, so as you said, we're seeing that crop up more, but uh, but I, ha- I have seen it more, it seems like in these bigger markets like Houston or Dallas, but I've seen them crop up in near Pflugerville and Georgetown area and certainly becoming more popular here, here across yes. the Austin metro. Yes, I, I would say so as well. Uh, the challenge with some of the builders here is that they're so busy building homes they've already sold that they can't even contemplate starting <laughs> up a, a new single family for rent division. Their hands are full getting those lots, you know, right. everything shipped to people that they've already sold. That's exactly mm. right. And keeping their customers happy. I mean, you know, it's typical to, to go under contract and then wait for your home to be built. Well, you know, if you're told a six month timeline and suddenly now it's eight months or 10 months because of some of the challenges we've talked about, um, yep. getting materials and supplies or approvals or permits, you know, that puts strain on a lot of your customers and, and a lot of builders are, are really focused on how do I keep my customers in the pipeline happy so that at the end of the day, they'll have a good experience. Oh, for sure. Best of times and worst of times, as you said, busier mm-hmm. than ever. But that's, um, yeah, that's a strain. That, that's there, There's all sorts of headaches that come with that. So I wish you a lot of luck, Will, in your new home. <laughs> okay, I'm we're... glad you've got it, but you're, you're building, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a new build, um, and it's uh, it's a couple months away. So you know, fingers crossed. No, no, real supply or labor issues slow that down. But but we're happy with it, and we did have to go a little farther out. But like you said, that that pandemic feels like, hey, maybe I won't be driving down one eighty three five days a week. Maybe it's right. maybe it's two. Maybe it's three, and there's more um, virtual, or there's or or maybe we get some WeWork space somewhere that becomes more of a of a hub and spoke approach as opposed to always having to drive downtown. So that could be actually a great thing for the, the housing market. If people right. keep that, that kind of adaptation afterward. Yeah. I'm really hopeful that, you know, from a longer term perspective, we will see that hub and spoke uh, play out in Austin. We've already seen it, of course, from downtown to the domain, but you know, it's ripe in round rock, um, certainly San Marcos or, or South of us, you know, there are, there are places for employment that really, have op- we have opportunities there. And the, and if you can work and live close to your home, um, that's ideal for most folks. Have an office that maybe you're not there all the time, but it's close enough to home to uh, to make for a real well-balanced life. Yeah, I love downtown Austin, but um, I also want to see development like um, some of the stuff we've seen in Leander. There, there's this Leander mm-hmm. Springs proposal that's, you know, commercial sure. and, of course, uh, uh, the headline-grabbing Crystal Lagoon, man-made lagoon up, up there. 
years and years out. It's going through the city process, but but those kind of dense developments up and down the corridor so that you're, um, you know, not only are you not going into work every day in the office for some people, but, uh, but you're also able to find restaurants and retail and it's, yeah, that density you talk about, not, not just in downtown Austin. Absolutely. I mean, people want walkability and they want convenient services close to their home. In fact, you know, I, I worked with Newland Communities for years and we would do uh, customer surveys and that would always show up near the top of the list. That and a trail system. You know, unfortunately, you know, here in Central Texas, we have ample opportunities to jump on a trail close to home. So, but yeah, it makes those suburban locations more viable. So I hear from Californians who come here and, um, you know, they miss the weather a little bit, constantly 70 degrees or doesn't snow uh, in SoCal, but they miss the beach and they get in like, well, actually, it's, it's pretty beautiful with, uh, with all the nature trails and, and hiking and the hill country is right there. And it's like we do have this, this great natural beauty and, and all these great assets. I mean, I guess I see why they're, they're all moving here, but it is, um, it, yeah. it is having a spillover effect on what was already yeah, such a, such a tight market. I'm sure you've heard that saying, don't California my Texas. You know, we, we want to preserve what's special about where we live today, um, even as we welcome people from the Sunshine State. Yeah, it's all over our Facebook comments whenever we write about a, uh, you know, we get about an HQ a week, it seems like, or, or multiple <laughs> HQs a week. But well, I think, you know, I see, a, a, I think if you put a cowboy hat on and you're okay with brisket, we'll, we'll welcome you, you know, and <laughs> we've got plenty of room and plenty of great ideas. We just got to figure out a way to, um, yeah, adapt with the best of what people bring from other places, but keep uh, what makes Austin so great too. Hey, we're growing up now. We're not that awkward teenager. We're becoming a a real grown up city. That's exactly right. We've got a soccer team kicking off in a few months. We've got uh, Google and Facebook and every, you know, every piece of the fortune 500 from the domain to downtown. It's, it is about growing up and, um, I'm glad that uh, folks like yourself and others in the residential real estate market are there to help uh, guide that and shape that and inform that. So thank you. Well, my pleasure. It's been fun talking with you. Thank you. Vika O'Grady, Regional Director for Zonda Home, joining us. Thank you for downloading Texas Business Minds, presented by the Texas Business Journals and brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas.